Welcome to Toffee TV. It is that time again. It's the end of the year. 2020 is coming to a close, thankfully. So we're going to have a little look back at the year on the pitch. I am joined by Baz. I am joined by Steve Kelly. And I am joined by the Piv Andy McGregor to get into this one. Are we all happy, gents, that the year is coming to an end? Baz! Yes, delighted. What a... What a... I mean, it, it's mad because Everton are finishing the year in such a good position, which is uh, which is brilliant. But the year has been a bit of a non-entity, hasn't it? It's been an horrible year um, with what's gone on everywhere else. But on the pitch, it ain't been too bad, to be fair, as mm. a year. And Everton, like I said, Everton are finishing the year quite strongly. Steve? Steve? Yeah, so this year it's not been great, has it? It's been a bit of a tough year for everyone. Um, but like Baz just said there, it's good to see the team uh, finishing the year strong and better than it was after lockdown, especially anyway. So um, hopefully we continue with this form after, after the, uh, with the new year. Collectively, as a human race, it's not been great, let's be honest. You know, you know Everton... You know, that's eight out of ten sort of year, you know, in, in, in a number of ways. And, and you know, personally, you know, it's, it's been a quite a good year business wise. So, but you know, I, I think you know, both collectively, it's not been great more than anything. Yeah, if you take that, you know, pandemic out of it, you know, it hasn't been a, it hasn't been a terrible year, has it? I mean, I wasn't going to go into my year because I don't want to make people cry. So, oh, <laughs> they has had a rough year to be fair. <laughs> To be fair, Caroline won't say that day, will she? So, no, <laughs> just because you couldn't get married, I mean, it might be a blessing in disguise, you know, you might find out who you really are. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, give you time to breathe, see if the relationship's really working, and, and we'll, we'll see what I, what's best for everyone at the end of it. Um, <laughs> okay, Jeremy Kyle, <laughs> um. <laughs> It's been yeah, it's been a very stop-start year, obviously, with with the the first lockdown, which meant that uh, football was put on hold for what was it? Was it five months? Four. March, four months. June, July, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Let's just say four. Three, four um, months it was, yeah. Three or four months of non-activity on, which meant that it's been a very strange uh, year. Then the season didn't start once it's finished till September, and so we haven't quite even reached halfway in this in this year's Premier League either. So it is a very strange year from Everton's point of view. Fifty-seven points gained over the year of 2020, which it's that that's about right for the last few years, isn't it? That's like standard, or maybe a little bit higher than what we normally get, but. If you take out the fact that we haven't, we normally play like a basically a full season within the calendar year. We haven't this year, um, so fifty-seven points. If you imagine that we could have could pick up maybe another six points, let's say that's that's in and around where you'd expect us to be, wouldn't you? You know, European football um, could be achieved with sixty-three points easily, Baz. Yeah, well, I think I think United got into Champions League with sixty-four. I think this year, so. That would be a really good. You know, Everton would suppose sixty-four points at the end of the season. I think we'd all be very happy, wouldn't we? With mm-hmm. uh, because it would give us a chance either at the Champions League or certainly it'd give us a Europa League spot. You know, and that would be more than obviously the when we did finish fourth in two thousand and five, yeah. we ended up with sixty-one points. So, you know, that that's the way you look at it. And 
it's been it's been a strange year because obviously Carlo took over on Boxing Day and we had the the two wins that we beat um, Burnley and Newcastle. Yeah, and then we went through Man City on was I don't think it was New Year's Day. I think it was the second of January. Yeah, and we lost the game two one and and imagine saying that night that the end of this calendar year we'd actually be sat above Manchester City. You know, I think everyone would have bit every every hand that you offered them off for that, you know, to be there. So that's the way we, I guess that's the way I'm looking at it is that it's been a strange year, obviously, like you just said, the pandemic and everything else, but things that have gone on on the pitch, you look at that team that lost at City in on the 2nd of January 2020, and we've only really got three or four new players playing regularly at the moment. And that team sits, you know, in the top four with a game and hand on team. So I think from that perspective, the year, you know, amassing the points, even in such a poor year, mm. um, because of the stop start nature of it and things like that, I think Everton have done have done quite well, really. And I guess, I guess that's where when you step back from it, you can give Carlo Ancelotti and Duncan Ferguson and David Ancelotti and the rest of the coaching staff some plaudits that, you know what, in difficult circumstances, they've still managed to put the team in the top four at Christmas. I think that's a that's a mini achievement, really. Yeah, it, it was actually New Year's Day. We got beat by Man City. But was it New Year's Day? Yeah, yeah okay. just before, you know, the letters yeah. of complaint coming. So, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you know, people love writing in to the show. Um, Steve, for you, it's well, how have you look back at the year? Success, progression? Yeah, it uh, went silver. Obviously went silver under his reign as Abbott manager. I think we all we all wanted this um this experience as a manager because we were all crying out. And I remember those times when we were saying like a Rafa or and then obviously Angelotti come Angelotti's name come up and I think when I look at as I look at the game last when we come back after lockdown, I think it was Wolves away. And we got absolutely baffled that day to where we are now. And I just think he looks like he's got he's given the players a bit more belief in what they're doing. And the thing I've been impressed with this season is that if we've conceded a goal, we haven't we haven't let it get to us. We've kind of like took it on the chin and it looks like the players aren't like I suppose not not, not the word weak, but it means I feel like they've got a bit of a better mentality towards them towards them now. Where Last season, to be honest, you look at that like the Newcastle game under Angelotti, and we conceded one goal, and the team fell to bits basically. Where this season, I think we were two 0 up against Brighton, we conceded one goal, the Pickford mistake, I think it was, and then he built on it, scored a goal, and then they put five past Brighton that day, I think it was. So, yeah. I just think I think they've shown improvements in relation to the mentality and not not letting them drag them down basically. It was four stages for clarity. Just four. Yeah, just, four. four. just just for the letters. Yeah. Andy. Andy. I I break I break the season up into four parts. And what I'd say overall it's been incremental progression. I think the first when Anchosy first came in, we got results and I think it was less of a team at that time. I was, you know, we didn't really have obviously the midfield and obviously it was a bit of a makeshift side. We got results and then I'd say the second part of the season was after lockdown and you know we did okay in the first two I think two games and then it sort of fell off the cliff in terms of performance. I think, you know, mentally the players were trained, but I think Ancelotti got everything out of the team at that time without, you know, getting them in on pre-season. Then start of this season, you know, we were, we were you know, playing really good football, really cohesive, although there were a couple of flaws in terms of defensively. And now, 
you know, we've seen the fourth, fifth side of Everton this year in terms of, you know, we're a team who can, you know, play on the counter. We can, you know, beat teams at their own game in a way. And, you know, we can have smart teams. And I think it's a real, real you know, boom that Ancelotti has shown all those different facets and the fact that we, you know, apart from one period, we've been mostly, you know, mostly good this year overall. Um, don't get me wrong, there's been a couple of low points in terms of that, you know, that horrific result at Anfield in the FA Cup. But, you know, at the end of the day, you need the horses to win the race. So, <clears throat> as as we made those signings, and as certain players have now, you know, shown that they, you know, you know can, can play for the club, and, and they're not wasting their money in, in some people's eyes, I think we're on we're on the upward trajectory. It's not going to be smooth sailing like that. There will be ups and peaks and troughs, but I think we're on the right track. Yeah, for me, it's um, you mentioned the Anfield game there, um, <clears throat> off the back of the Man City game. I mean, that was that was definitely one of the low points, wasn't it, of the of the year. And it came, it came right at the beginning, and so many people had optimism that that day that that was going to be. No, I don't think it was about just winning the game. I think it was about breaking that hoodoo, wasn't it? You know, nineteen ninety nine and all that kind of thing, and it never happened. And I think it showed where a lot of these players are. The irony is, on that day, a lot of people said certain people shouldn't play, and then you know, those someone like Gilfie Sigurdsson finishes the season, it's the year like he has, which shows what Carlo Ancelotti's actually done, I think, in a way, is that a player who we all said could never play centre midfield, again, is playing and scoring and is in his best form for probably probably since his, since, well, obviously since his second season at the club. So, if anything, that shows me what Carlo Ancelotti's doing with players. Because um, that was horrific that day at Anfield. That was a real... I think that was when, the, that was when after the initial good start, that was the day that... Carlo Ancelotti found out what he actually had on his hands. The mentality side, which you've mentioned, he found out the mentality of the players that day, and and probably who he had to get rid of, who he who he could work with, and and how to move forward. So, um, yeah, that was that was a, that was a terrible one. But uh, in terms of highlights, what are Baz start with you? What would you say has been the highlight of the year on the football pitch? The highlight of the year. On the pitch, um, I think there's been a few. I mean, there's been a there's been a couple of uh, you know spoke before off camp before we started recording. There's been a couple of things in the year that have been real positives. I think for Everton on the pitch in terms of performance. Well, the Watford away. I mentioned it before. Watford away, two 0 down when we hadn't come back in games from you know from the going behind and we win the game three two with ten men. That was it. I felt that was a key factor mm. in belief. Um, and it gave us that belief then to, that we could, you know, come, even though we, we've conceded the goal or we've gone behind, it wasn't necessarily over, which I think a lot of us had got into the habit when we went behind away thinking, well, that's it. Or when we went behind anyway, it was mm. we're in trouble. So that was, a, that was probably the highlight of last season for me. And then this season, I think, going and winning at Spurs on day one, was a key thing because it was it was a game that I remember going in to the game and thinking, you know, not being overly confident, but being quite relaxed because we had new players coming and it was let's see how they do, you know, but let's build for this season. And then we played superbly well that day. We looked very cohesive. We looked like Andy said, we had the threat on the counter, but we could also keep the ball. We looked dangerous and we got the goal. And the only disappointing thing at the end of the game was that it wasn't 3-0 because we yeah. had really good chances to put them to bed. 
But we won the game and it was at that top six, big six mm. club. We hadn't won there for X amount of years or whatever it was. So that to me was a highlight on the pitch. And of course, seeing the improvements of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think would be in the last year, my highlights of 2020 on the pitch. Hey. I think it was a bit of a game, especially. Um, it was the first time I probably enjoyed watching an Everton team in a long time that day. I think um, it was the first time where you probably had a bit of belief in every player who was on the pitch. Um, also, I thought, I, thought, I thought the highlight as well was when they went to Newcastle away. Um, I think it was just, just after Boxing Day, I think it was last season. That's last year. That can't be a highlight. That's from 2019. It's 2020. We're talking. Can't have that. That was good, Steve. It was a good win. That was great, yeah. No, but no, I've got three. It should be on the pitch. One would be off the pitch. Oh, have you mentioned starting a new business? You can piss off. No, that was last year. So you're on the You're on the Steve's camp here. Anyway, obviously, as Baz said, the rise of Dominic Calvert Lewin. I think we've always supported Dominic Calvert. Don't get me wrong, there's times we've had our doubts. Maybe not on camera, but we did have our doubts. But he's gone above and beyond what we expected. He's become a real, real top striker. Mm-hmm. Wrong, there's still improvements to be made, but he scored 20 goals in his calendar year now, and that's mm-hmm. that, that's super impressive from, from what we expected. And the second highlight would be the eight game run. Um, I, I think you know, I know it was seven wins in a row, but then you had the, the two two draw with Liverpool as well. And I think yeah. we a chance to win that game. And I think at that point was the peak of the you know excitement of the seven team this season. I know coming off the back of the three bigger wins, you know, it was it was very exciting as well. But that at that point, we really felt like a force, and we like would go in places that were wrong. You tailed off slightly, but you'd expect that, but no, that was big. And off the pitch, you know, I really enjoyed when Alex Awobi stepped out of that Rolls Royce on the tarmac <laughs> at the airport, got on that private plane, and Everton Swiss just blew up completely. That 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 was fantastic. No, but the other the other main highlights of the pitch when we made the triple sign uh, of of the mm. of the team, you know, of Ducore, Alan, and Rodriguez, especially yeah. Rodriguez. I think the whole world's attention was on Everton that day, mm. and it was really nice for the club to be yeah. to be at that focus. It was really great. Yeah, that was a, that, that's a really good one. I've just seen those pictures of um, of them all in in the Titanic Hotel, and um, just the just the general excitement, wasn't it, of of what followed? It's always, I mean, we always say it's our favorite time of the year, preseason, because it's like anything can happen in the world. It's uh, it feels like you know you've you've got nothing to lose, and and you, everyone's the same. So that would definitely be up there. Uh, I've got, I would say two two for me. Um, the Wofford, well, no, the Wofford game as well, yeah, because I think that was a big, that was, that we come off the back of the Newcastle game and and something, we were 2 0 down, and obviously to get that win was amazing, would have been last minute and everything. But I think two of them would be, I think, but the Brighton game beating them that that day 4 2, just in general, just seeing like Hammers Erdiga scored a couple of goals and it all just, come together in that game. It all felt like it came together. The Corey was brilliant in it. Alan was brilliant in it. Hamas Rodriguez scored the goals, a couple of goals. Dom scored a good goal as well. It felt like everything was coming together that day. And, and it wasn't, it's not like it's a false dawn or anything. It just felt like on that day, everything came together. And just give us a little glimpse of. 
just give us a little glimpse of what what it felt what it felt like to actually support a proper club where you'd actually yeah. bought people and they actually were good and yeah. you'd bought like a superstar and he actually did something rather than was injured for a year or something it, it felt like being Hold a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen if he wants Christmas off he can have Christmas off I'm not asked right? so there's a lot of Christmas porn parties well you know and the other one would be and this is this is funny as well because that was the that was the that was the fourth game in a run as well but I think what the Sheffield United game um, and maybe the Arsenal game as well, what they've done is, um, I mean, and the, this last four games, they've they, they've brought like a calmness over me. Where and uh, listen, before we won these last four league games, people were starting to question Carlo Ancelotti. I, I'd seen people go as far as saying, actually, they want I not many, but I had seen people yeah. who say maybe he's not the right man for the job and these kind of things. But the last four games. I've just brought over a calmness over me. That makes me feel like there will be ups, there will be downs, but we are going in the right way. And when there's a solution, when there's a problem, Carlo will find a solution. And he has done in the last four games. No Luca Dean, no Hamas Rodriguez, Richarlison, you know, getting the concussion. Just all these little Allen being out, all these little problems. And he's solved the problems and we've won all four league games. And that to me just brought a calmness that it will be up and down. And I think that that to me is a big highlight of 2020 because how many times can you say that? I know it's off the back of four wins, so you feel great anyway, but how many times can you honestly sit there and go, We it, we do look like we're going in the right direction? Because after the Brighton game, we you know, Andy, you said it there, we okay, we got a draw with Liverpool. And then we went on a pretty bad run. You were going, Oh God, was that just a good start? And because it's always always seems every year you have a team that comes out the box quickly and all the other teams just gradually catch up as their seasons start to get going. And that team just goes... It's normally like Norwich, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's normally like a Norwich. But we've bounced back from a terrible run. And that, and that, that to me, is that's that's a brilliant... That's for, for the first time, not only this year, but for a while, I feel like we've there, there is... There is now it all it is all set out and actually Car- Carlo knows exactly what he's doing and actually in those games that we've lost and pe- we were questioning him for me that was more like he was just having a look because to him he doesn't feel every defeat like we feel a defeat feel because he's the manager and he shouldn't have to he looks at things like playing three at the backers well I've got to have a look in a real match not just in training so. To me, that the last four games have been in the Premier League have been great, and I've just, you know, sorted my my head out anyway, which is good. I think it's good to get validation where you're going, isn't it? It's, mm. it you know, and it's often when you look back, you see stuff and go, "Oh yeah, that was because of that," or "That was building up to that." You don't see it when you're right in the midst of it, and you're right that because of what what burnt us before. Once we had that seven straight wins. And the, like Andy said, the draw with Liverpool, they're champions, you know. So mm. it, it's not like oh, we dropped points. Yeah, we could have, we could have lost the game, we could have won the game. It is what it is. There was an eight-game spell at the start of the season we were unbeaten for. The, the, the kick in the teeth and the real low point was the likes of Newcastle when we were dreadful. But you look at that Newcastle team, you look at the way we are now. We beat them two 0 now, 
me go there and win 3-0 and just do the job. But it, that's all part of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's all part of the process. So we have finished this year, the end of the year, strongly. And we just have to, you're right, we do just have to let them just get on with it. And only when we've got better players will we get better results as well. Yeah. I think in terms of in terms of those that low points and that bit in the middle of this this season, I think I think part of the issue is the players have had to step up as well. Your manager can only do so much, of course. Yeah. So I think certain players, Alex Awobi being one, Gildy Sigurds at times, and others didn't get the managers didn't play well enough to get the managers trust. And now we're in this period where we've had that run of games where they have got the managers trust. It makes it much easier for them to trust them to go out on the pitch and do a job. Rather than like we mm. see at Newcastle, you're playing centre midfield as wide and, and stuff like that. That's that's down to trusting players being trying to be more consistent. And I think that's you know they've met in the middle now. The players, and I think that, that's a good thing. It makes it easier for Marcel Brands and Carl and the Dalton to transfer now because it makes it you can go all right. Well, I will be as a third right a third wing. He's got a fourth wing. He's got five. We just need this, this, and this. So it, it helps. And I think that that's the thing, the big key. Certain players have also stepped up to the mark, which they needed to do. I think if you, go, if you go back to that Liverpool game as well, where we two two all. Um, in, in years gone by, we probably would have what got the three four one in the end, had a man sent off, and then you know what I mean. But we reacted straight away, which was really impressive. And to be honest, with the Liverpool game as well, you look at it, they they scored that goal, which got this far, and we nearly won it at the end. So we were probably unlucky not to win it in the end. So. Mm. Oh. I think you're right, Steve. When it went, um, Salah scored and it went 2 1. Yeah. In years gone by, our heads would have just gone there and they'd have ran away with it. And we didn't. We, we come back at them and Dom scores the header and we're pressing and we're looking for the winner. And they looked like they were settling for the draw until the Charleston got sent off. And then it felt like they knew they could win it. Yeah. And they almost did. So. And that's, this is off the back of a vicious assault on Hamas Rodriguez as well. Yeah. By oh, God. Let's not forget that. He's never been the same. the same. Never been the same since that. Since that. Since that attack. And you know, and there's, there's some believe in that game crimes is still in big baby kidnapping in 1937 happened. You know, he's seen him in JD. So maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. By the way, there you go. Um, yeah. What about? So let's move on to uh, player of the year. Are we all in the same mindset here? Is it Dominic Calvin Lewin? I've got no, I've got no, no other player than him in what he's done in, yeah, in 2020. Yeah, it's Dominic Carver Lewin by long, long, long way. Let's be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get honorable mentions. I think when you look at, I think when you look at him now, mm. you you see a, a fella who believes that he should be there anyway. I mean, yeah. he, just, he took the nine, didn't he? He took the nine, and people advised him against it. We know that. People questioned him, but his improvements, and certainly since Duncan took over and given that bit of confidence, and then yeah. Carlo Ancelotti's built on the top of it, it's he looks looks like a totally different fella now. You look at him, yeah, where he holds himself, you can see defenders looking for him, you know, and, and they're worried about him. You hear other managers talking about him and saying how good he. Is. I mean, I remember Pep Guardiola talking about him in that game. A year ago, when he said he's the one of the best headers of the ball in Europe, and people were like, "What?" But mm. now you're seeing it, aren't you? So you know, you know, you've got when Pep says something, you do have to sometimes listen to what he's saying. He, he's quite experienced, but uh, he's had he's had an, an absolutely he's done a couple of things. Yeah, he's, he's done something, but now Dom's been absolutely fantastic, mm. and, and I hope that we've seen the end of this. 
he's a championship level oh, striker because no. it's utter nonsense. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, go on, you go first, mate. No, I was just going to say the big thing with Dom. I think you know. It, and this is where other players, maybe around Everton and other teams, can take notice is the amount of work he puts in on his own. It's not just what he does on the training ground with Everton. You, think, you remember in, in lockdown, he was doing all yeah. those drills on his own. He paid, paid for his own own person to come train with him. He, you know, he's a, he's a consummate athlete, and I think that type of player is the type of player you need to go far. And he sets levels with his work on and off the pitch. And I, I couldn't care less whether he wears his dad's overalls to go past in New York. I think, you know, no. as long as he's doing the business on the pitch, that's all every fan should care about. 100%. I think most do, to be honest, don't they? Most most of most fans now, um, most fans, I would say most fans won't say anything bad about him because they just will be made to look stupid. I mean, I remember in you know when we were uh, coming into the season and still people saying things because he, let's be honest, he had that obviously. The when we can, yeah, he scored 18 goals for the year, he had none after lockdown. Um, so for that to happen, what was that? Seven games was there left or something ten. like that? Ten, nine or ten, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, didn't score um, a goal, did he? Didn't score a goal. So he's gone on that run, and then people are questioning him coming into the season, and then he's had a great start. And even, but even in the last four games of the of the year, he hasn't scored a goal, but we've won all four. But he's been huge. He's been huge. The difference between him when he used to play up on his own, and he he you know he wouldn't be within twenty yards to twenty one. So now he just. You just feel like he's got that. We all, we've talked about it for ages about Jamie Vardy, the way he is like a two-man centre forward line on his own, and that's what Dom's become now. He's become like a he's become like the don't need two two up front with him because you'd like others to get closer to him, of course. But he yeah. feels now like he occupies all the defenders, and I think that's the mark of of a good player. And a lot of people have. You know, so what does he remind me of? And people have said like, you know, Graham Sharp and stuff. But the other day, I, I you know, mean, Baz was on one of the shows. The way he holds himself now for all, you know, for all the viewers, he, he reminds. He, when I look back at videos, he reminds me of someone like Bob Latchford, because he just the way he holds himself yeah, and he's got that shoulders and all. And because he's got that little bit of, I think he's got a little bit of nastiness in him now. I think that's what's come as well. He's got that little bit of nastiness in him where he's not. Not that he goes around kicking people, but he's not. He don't. He won't take anyone kicking him now. Mm. He won't just won't take it, and he, he leaves his mark on people, um, which is the which is the mark of you know. Look at Vardy, the way Vardy oh. plays, and everyone opposition hates him. Opposition players hate playing against him. I think Dom's starting to get a little bit of that now, where he knows what he actually. The other thing of that, I think he knows way to hear people. So early on in games, he'll identify, this fella's not very good in the air, just let me go one-on-one with him. Mm. And I think that's a big, big plus point with him as well. So he... he... Go on. No, that's a real key point though, because he is starting to look at players now where it's a weakness. And that's what you need to do as a centre-forward. If you're, especially in a one, if you go up and someone goes man-to-man with you, and you feel like, I don't know whether I'll get the better, better of this fella, go and put yourself on the other one. Mix them up, swap over, and he, even things like the other night, and it, it frustrated me. But it it also was like he's getting it now. When he like knocked through the ball away because he didn't get the decision, he was fuming with the referee. I yeah. love that, and people yeah, might yeah. hate that, but I love that because no, that's please. like, no, mate, you're not you're not wronging me, and I'm not gonna take it. I'm not a kid. You're not wronging me. Vardy mm. does it, and that's he's brilliant at it. And the top strikers do mm. it. You know, Kane is the yeah. king of it. Kane will get booked for the same kind of thing. 
it's letting them know you can't be pushed around. And mm. I think he's great at that. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, Steve Street, isn't it? Yeah. Palace, when he picked it up on the half of the oh, line. 
No, it was a great goal, actually, because... It was, we, it was definitely last season as well. Yeah, it was definitely last year. It was definitely, well, it was this year, last season. Um, yeah. No, fantastic goal because it was the week after, it was the week after um, Watford, wasn't it? Yeah. And I still think we were, we were so coming off the back of the new, still off the back of the Newcastle game, which had been the home game before. And we'd obviously took the lead in the game and they'd equalised after half time. And we were looking a little bit ropey, weren't we? I think mm. Jordan Pickford had to make a really good save. And he just, and Don, yeah, Don stood on a lovely little flick. They worked brilliantly. Don flicked it on the halfway line, and he just picked it up. And I suppose this is maybe the difference between Richarlison last season, maybe the Richarlison we're seeing at the moment, is that he just picked it up and he only had one thought in his mind. Took took on the defender and bent it in the bottom corner, and he just yeah. it, it was like almost like he was playing like Dom's playing now of like yeah. I'm, I've I'll, I'll I'll take this responsibility. And it was. It was probably. It was probably my probably my favorite goal of uh, two twenty of two thousand twenty. It was. It was. It was. Oh, it's probably certainly the best goal I'd say. Anyway, I mean, yeah. but Obviously. there's been been others. Go on, Baz. He was that day as well. He was really good. Actually. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was brilliant. My my favorite goal will have been um, Dom's goal against West Brom at home this year. The pass by Hammers. The rainbow pass by Hammers, which was. Absolutely outrageous, and uh, but Charleston knocked it across and Don put it in, and it was just such a good goal because we worked the ball from one side of the pitch to the other, and then into Hammers who dropped into that middle roll, and mm. then he just takes it over the top, and Charleston volleys it across, and Dom's there to turn it in. It was just a, it was a brilliant team goal, and a goal from an area that we haven't seen Everton create from them mm. kind of space, mainly because of Hammers, but it was where. A defender sat on the edge of their box, and Hamas Rodriguez has got the ability to just carve you open. And it was yeah, a, yeah. as much as I did love that Richarlison goal, and it was a key goal. That yeah. one for me, just as a team goal, and showed that Everton have got a different way of playing, was absolutely fantastic for me. Because of greedy, I've got three. Oh, <laughs> go on, go on. They're all from this season. So the first one would yeah. be uh, the West Ham uh, Cup game, Dominic Calvert Lewin's goal, uh, the movements. To get the yeah. separation, then he ran in behind piece football, Mike Michael Keane, mm. great touch and a finish. Uh, the second one would be the uh, third goal of Brighton, uh, so the fourth goal of Brighton, Wilby's passing to Decoy, lovely ball across the box, Hammers finished, just thought the football was good. Mm. And the third one would be the Fulham goal, where Wilby did the dribble, played it out to, ha- played to Hammers, Hammers beautiful ball into his deed, crossed it, and Dom scores. I thought that was the best football goal he scored this year. You, yeah. you are really kind of in on a Wilby, aren't you? Who? <laughs> Properly, properly crying it in. My my favorite my favorite goal was uh, Michael Keane's against Norwich. It was incredible, an yeah. absolutely incredible. <laughs> that was a great set a set piece. <laughs> absolutely incredible goal. Um, I'd say the one of my favorites actually, Hamas uh, Rodriguez is against West Brom mm. because it was just yeah. we were one one way. I think it was one one, wasn't it? And he got it, it just, just before that. our time, and it was that thing of like again, like I was saying before about the Brighton game going. It was like, yeah, we've bought someone who's actually good and actually will score goals and actually all this hype might actually lead to something. And again, it felt like things were going in the right direction. So um, that that just that to me, just one of those moments that, and obviously the, the one he scored against, um, the second one he scored against Brighton and he done the two fingers because it meant we could sell loads of Christmas jumpers. Um, yeah. so I think, I th- no, just, sorry, just another one. Dom's header against Tottenham, first day yeah. of the season. Yeah. 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 There you go. There you yeah. go. 
great ball in, great header. Yeah, yeah. 14 scored an absolute rasp of this season, the last season as well. It was Lincoln last season, wasn't it? Oh, I was right, yeah. Mm. The cup. Very much, very much 2019. That. Yeah, very much, yeah, very, much yeah. Very, yeah. very, 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 very much. Arco Bronze. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. Arco Bronze. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, people will have different goals for different reasons. I mean, the best goal of the season, or year, sorry, should have been Doms against Manchester United, but it was taken off us by the cheats. What a goal that would have been. What was the one that was ruled out where um, Hammers, the Hammers passed? Oh, split? West Ham. West Ham, yeah. In the cup, the oh, most yeah. ridiculous pass ever. Yeah, just oh my god! And the one he, wasn't it? And the one yeah. he scored against the one he scored against Leeds as well. Yeah. Oh, his goal yeah. against Leeds oh, with the little yeah. shoulder on the byline. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable! Oh, this unbelievable. unbelievable! This is how Pele feels so mad. His goals, he just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goal. That's, remember that goal? No, no one ever. Seventeen men. <laughs> Backheeled it in, it was great. There's no Your footage coach. of it, but take my word from it. As a man who advertises Viagra, it was a it great was a, goal. It was a great goal. I <laughs> stuck it right up Mario. The, I erected it into the top corner. It was great. Oh, it went up but like it, a rocket. Honestly. Oh, it did. Straight honestly. up. Straight up. Oh. It, it was so hard <laughs> to finish. 30 minutes to work. You know, now. Uh, oh. <laughs> and I'm so disappointed in my son. He's only a goalkeeper. Yeah, that's it. I deserve more for my thousand goals. Um, so let's talk about disappointments. Um, no, I know. Well, let's make it quick. Uh, is, is, is anyone right? We've mentioned the Liverpool game, which was a major disappointment, um, obviously. But of, I mean, that the Newcastle game will oh. just haunt it, will haunt me forever. It will yeah. absolutely <laughs> haunt me forever. I've never, and it's because it was against Newcastle as well, yeah, it was against, it was against the Jag, Jag Reds. Oh, it's just, it was just a horrendous night. You're 2 0 up, you're cruising, you know, you've got no Richarlison, but Moise Keane scores and Dom scores a lovely goal, and you're just absolutely cruising. There's no problem. They bring on a centre back instead of bringing a centre forward, and you just you've got the ball in the corner, and there's two minutes to go, and we're and and then we bring the ass on, and instead of just like, and then people are laughing at him falling. Oh, look at the professional footballer unable to control a ball. Oh, you, oh you, the ass. And then, we, and, uh, and then we all knew, we all just knew the minute that goal went in, what was going to happen. Like there couldn't have been anyone in the ground who didn't know what was going to happen next. And that game will will haunt me forever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't play against Newcastle anymore. Doesn't matter what we do. That game will always haunt me. Or we need to exercise the demons because it's yeah. Go on, Bart. Just never, just never bring the ass on when it's two nil. Yeah, had the same. He had the same effect on that West Ham game years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the what they they were two horrible lows, weren't they? Liverpool in the cup and. And um, and that Newcastle game, and I guess one of the one of the biggest lows come this season for me, which was Southampton away, and the reason why was we were on a great run, but we turned up there, and it was just such a after the opening 15, 20 minutes, we just couldn't get near them, and it was that kicking the kicking the plums of like maybe maybe we're not as good as we think, but it was just because, and then followed it up with Newcastle a week later. Which was in, which was an embarrassing performance. Baz, can I just remind you of uh, of one that 
I, I mean, there's there's different versions of Angry Baz, right? Yes. There's a leaving the WhatsApp group angry, but I'll honestly say sometimes it, it, it wears off after a couple of days and I just yeah, yeah. leave you to be and stuff. You like the feather inside out. No, Mr. Angry lives in the red, so you like that. Um, <laughs> right. But I don't think I've ever seen you as angry as when we got beat 3-2 at Arsenal. Arsenal. Oh my God! I mean, I, yeah. I actually think yeah, you have had that exercise out your head because I don't. You've not mentioned it once. No. But getting beat three two at Arsenal, that that yeah, you were you were particularly particularly one. You know what the problem with that was? They were awful. They were absolutely abysmal, and we should have we should have put them to bed five or six, hmm. and we just give them pathetic goals. Deep in the world, we didn't cover themselves in glory. Yeah. That's how I did baby. Oh my god, Look no. like they've never met before. <laughs> now, Baines not stopping crosses, and that's just on the back of that. Baines and Sirens, one of the low points of the year. I think. Oh, shut ball. up, you creep. Lo- you losing it, losing again to the mouse, Trump's Baines and Siren. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I, my worst one was I was I was at Anfield for that game where we got beat against the kids. I was in the front sandwich section of the Liverpool. I was I was doing scouting of Ian Booster before he went to Swansea, and there was people just laughing, <laughs> laughing, laughing around me. I'm sitting on my hands having to be nice, you know, next to scouts. And like, oh, what were you just support? I'm like, were they, oh, yeah, were they, did they work for Liverpool and they were realizing no, how much money? No, did they realize how much money they were going to get for Brewster? No, they did Here's eleven goal loans, <laughs> Oh, it was just, it was just so embarrassing. I felt so far, sorry for the fans in the way end because mm. it was just like, I, I, I wrote, I wrote a report that day. And I didn't do any for Everton because there's no one who could respond to get. But I did add a, a one for the guilty signals in that day. I have to say. Stay go on. I think mine was uh, Chelsea four 0 Was it? It, 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 it was a rough game. It was, it was a rough game, and obviously it was all the whole week. Then went even rougher for everybody as well. Yeah. With Obviously, lockdown and everything as well. So always, always remember. I think we got out class that day. We that was a the day I that was the day I probably realised how far away we probably yeah. were from a lot of teams as well. Seeing like absolutely sad to stuff. I was going to say Ross Barkley, Mason Mount just absolutely ripped our midfield well, to shreds and tears. No, no, you're absolutely right. But the only was the players who actually destroyed us that day were Ross Barkley and, and William, and they both left. They yeah, both left Chelsea. Yeah. So when you're seeing players who actually aren't seen good enough to play for their, their team, uh, destroying I think we had a bit of a good run at the time as well, if I remember. I think we'd have been on a decent run. Yeah, we, there, was, there was talk of us potentially still getting a you know, league spot and stuff like that as well. We and played we Man United, hadn't we, the week before, yeah. in the one where... Obviously, Dom's goal was chalked off for absolute nonsense. Um, yeah, it was absolute nonsense. Well, Gilfie should have won it for us anyway. In that and then game. we went, as I was say, we went to Chelsea, didn't we? And everyone's hopes are just like, nah, we're not good enough to get a Europa League spot that day, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, to me on that day, it wasn't, it was more like a realization that we were absolutely garbage. And yeah. I don't mind that now and again, just to get, if you get, you yeah. know, sometimes I feel like, sometimes you just need to be. To know where you are, because I just you get so yeah. many false dawns. You're never going to build yourself to where you want to be. I think that's what Carlo Ancelotti's done as a whole is by is doing that. Is he's he knows without he doesn't get you know put into where we as a fan see a win and go oh it's amazing or oh, we are amazing. He's 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 known. Um, 
And then obviously and after that, there was, no, there was no fussy performance as well. I didn't know. Which that, was, that was the best bit, though. The no fussy performance. <laughs> um, the highlights of the year. The highlights yeah. of the year, no fussy for four months. And just been, just just going, just talking about again? fantasy. The highlights highlight of the year was when all the German games on in the Premier League, wasn't it? <laughs> it was easy to just watch football. Yeah. Yeah. What I know. No, no pressure. He was torn apart by Evertonians. Poor Joey Blair. He's just gone to the bench of the squad now. Another one would be um another one would be probably I think you mentioned before, Steve, the Wolves game. We yeah. were just completely lockdown. destroyed. Oh. Yeah, in the yeah. lockdown. <laughs> completely destroyed by by them. You know, and as I said, we you know, we're on a high from the Michael Keane header at Norwich and um beating Leicester and, and things like that. But that yeah, that was an awful game. But again, it was one of those games where after it you just had to hold your hands up and go. We were dreadful, and some of these players just need binning. I mean, the irony is some of these players are still playing centre midfield for us, which again shows what Carlo Ancelotti is doing to the whole squad. And um... Tom and Gilfie that day, Tom and Gilfie. Yeah, exactly. And Tom and Gilfie played the other night, and they were sad. Yeah. So, um, with the, the, obviously the Duke is one in the show next to them, but uh, and obviously Ben Godfrey giving ultimate support from left back. I'll be yeah. there for you, lads. Don't worry, I'll be there for you, lads. We call Ben Godfrey Megatron. It's a good name for him. Yeah, I'm going to edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can I just say, actually, one of the highlights that we forgot... <laughs> one of the highlights we forgot, and this this highlight will go down in folklore, is, uh, and I am paraphrasing here, mum, 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 Hendo has just won it for us. That's got to go down as a highlight in got 2000. To. It's got to. got to. If you say those words, I mean, I think I might actually get that tattooed on the inside of my left arm. Mum, mum, Hendo is one in Because I think it's a quote for the ages. I think it's a it quote for the quote. ages. It's like the, it's like, you know, it's like if it was, if it's someone had said that in Greek, in Greek times, we'd still be saying it as, you know, you know, the Achilles heel. On that. What? Who would have said it, John Travolta? I don't or, know, but, but I think, you know, you know, I don't know. Uh, Hercules, if she'd said, mum, 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 Hendo's just oh, money for us. And then something awful happens next. It would be one of those things that you go, don't forget your Greek folklore, son. Hendo, yeah, and yeah. you know what I mean? It would go, that would go down in history. That, fr- that Hendo, um, hen, mum, mum, Hendo's one for us is very much like, don't count your chickens before the last now. That it's, it it's, should it's, be. It's the new one. It should be. What if you say that again? Because you both just talked over on, each other. No, I, was just saying, sorry, I was just saying that, Leo. I wonder the game three assaults. A murder, mm. cards, you know, goals disallowed. You know, it's, it's it had everything. It was a modern day Agatha Christie, really. It the Lombarder case. It was a classic. It was. Coming from a lad who says they don't care about Evan either. Listen, yeah. that lad is rolling around in 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 um, Haribo and um, villain of the year. And lots of chocolate that he and got money. for Christmas. Yeah, and money. And money. So he's, don't be worrying about him. He's doing all right. But that's, that, that's, 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 a, cla- that's a classic moment of the year. It's got to be a classic moment of the year. Yeah, um, sure. And winning the title was a low point, I have to say. Yeah, that was a... Bad <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't, we don't talk about it. They, but the that. thing is, though, if they were ever going to win the title, it was better that's this year, year, wasn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The no, no parade year is the best year. Yeah, no parade... <laughs> The Question mark. Liverpool, yeah. Can't yeah. celebrate it. No one actually. No one actually. No one even cares now because yeah. it's 
the next one started without any fanfare and we're on to that now. <laughs> and I think Big Yegi's realising it. So yeah. by his reactions last night as well, he's losing it. He's starting yeah. to lose it. But even as a feisty Bruce, it's troubling times. Yeah, the, the, the cupboards, they forgot to take the Jürgen the, the, the the juice. juice. To um to the imagine being, imagine being had off by Allardyce and Bruce in three <laughs> days. It's not a great it's not it's not a great time, is it? Not a good look. It's not a no, good look. No. Snake bites all around. <laughs> Snake bites. Pints of wine and yeah, can just look into his egg and you can absolute belter. Uh, you go from you go you go into tier three and you draw with Newcastle nil nil on the same day. Not it's a not good, a good look, is it? Not a good um, look. Um <laughs> Baz, you got some questions from our yeah, yeah. Just so we can have so we can mix it up. Certainly have. So we just uh, we just bear with us. If only you'd been prepared for this. No, I have. I'm just refreshing because there's been this thing. Oh, there's uh, that Matthew, many. Yeah, Matthew Barry says uh, this is a question mm-hmm. really for everybody. Can Tom Davis finally nail down a starting position in the first team in front of the back four, which would allow? Alan and the core to be do what they want to do basically. Alan get around the pitch and the core to get forward. Um, what are we thinking here? Yeah, uh, oh, Andy, 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 go, go on. on against certain teams. Yeah, I've got, I think against certain teams, we've got more of the ball and we need someone who could, you know, link, link to the field, you know, defensive field and attack. Yeah, by all means, against teams where we're going to be sitting back and we're on the back foot like the better teams, I think you need someone a bit more, a bit more mobile so we can plug the gaps. But I think he's certainly got a role in the squad, and I think yeah. seeing little signs of consistency from him this season, I don't think he's let us. I don't think he's had a for, for a while, Tom. So I think he's on the right trajectory now. He's he's just turned into that age that Mason and Tom did last season, where they started to, to step up. So hopefully he's on the up. I, I think in that Allen role, like sorry, not Allen role. Thinking that defensive midfield role when he just sits, he is much better. He was the other night, I think, against midfield that a quicker. And more mobile. We we still need someone who can do that job as well. But I think you're right. He's defo. He's defo on the right path to being able to. Um, In the able one of maturity, if you like, Ted said last night. Definitely a lot more maturity. I think um, yeah. I think it's got to be it's got to be certain games. I think in you know in yeah. Sheffield United, who are god awful football team, you had no one. He was allowed to take the ball off the centre backs, and 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 there was no one really pushing on. You're gonna not gonna have that every game. Some games you're gonna have either uh, the centre forward dropping off, or the split striker, or or just even the furthest midfielder pushing on top of him as soon as he gets the ball. I'm not massively comfortable with him if, in those games because although he um, he he does, I like what I like about Tommy. He does make good angles um, when he receives the ball. He opens the pitch up a lot of the time. It's just that little bit. Lack of um, size and strength, which will all it, it will always be the problem for players like Tom Davis in this in this area. Is that there's so many athletes in the game now, and and technically, I think Tom's a really good player, I, and I just think that it is that his size. I mean, he's learned to buy fouls and all that kind. Of, he's great at that. Don't get me wrong, but that. <laughs> Buying fouls doesn't help the fluidity of a football team. It doesn't move the team forward. It just gives you a set piece. So. I, I do think he's part of the squad and I hope he, he evolves and I hope... Listen, every manager's had confidence in him and faith in him. You know what I mean? If he didn't, he'd be bombed like so many others that just sit on the bench. So... Um, if you look at his performances when he's come in this season, he's done really well, I think. And yeah, that's his position. 
that's definitely his position. So, and that's a good starting point. Yeah, I think I think the decision making is the key part. I think you know, oftentimes you lose the ball in the wrong gears, and sometimes you try and we've probably embarrassed spoke about in the past, try and overplay or try and mm. dribble down blind alleys. I think if he does keep it simple and he does keep us moving forward, then I think he's a good he's a good asset out of the team. Yeah. Okay, here's one off Gazi FC. Which player, in your opinion, has made the most unexpected improvements over the last over this year, 2020? Stay, start with you. I'll be a Woby. Okay. Oh, oh you in his camp? You're getting paid by his lot? No, 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 no. I think a Woby, I think I remember having a conversation with you lads before Fulham. I was I still wasn't sold on him, but I think his, his, his performance has probably since Fulham away mm. have surprised me and also give me a lot of hope going forward on what he can bring to the squad as well. Yeah. Because I know last season, I think. There's still a lot of doubters on him out there, but I think the one thing I like about him now is he's actually looks like he's fighting for his spot and he knows he's got to fight for his spot as well. So if he keeps doing what he's doing, he, he'll hopefully become a regular. And it'd be nice to see him and James sorry in the same side together a lot more as well. Those jets don't uh, pay for themselves. Uh, uh, yeah, is there any any difference? I'm going to go with Michael Keane. Okay, I'm going to go yeah. for Michael Keane. I think Michael Keane has had a very consistent year. Um, I think the way we pl- we're playing certainly at the moment suits him. Um, I think he's starting to. I, I, the odd thing about Michael Keane is I act, you know he's twenty he's twenty seven isn't he? Yeah. And I still think there's more to come from him in terms of his leadership. Still very quiet. I know he captained the side for the first time this year recently. I still think he's really quiet, but I do think his overall consistency over the year has been really good. I think he lacks certain elements, um, but he genuinely, genuinely makes up for them. Um, and I think over the year he's been consistently very, very good. Um, wow. And I think for me, that's that. You know, what can you, what more can you ask for in a player to go from being? What looked like a, I mean, let's be honest. Remember, you know, the the day, last sort of final days of silver and how shaky they all looked. Michael, Ke- you know, I'll go back to like to the five, the five two, um, at Anfield and how shaky. He, I know he scored in that game, but how shaky he looked. And yeah, I think over the year it's just again it's been. I think for for a lot of plays it's been simplified. A lot of the stuff's just been simplified, and I think his job now is to just defend and and he, and and what we what we've seen from that is. He's a good passer of the ball, and he's been told, you know, by the manager now and again to step out of defence as well. Yeah, I think he looks looks so much better when he's got that little bit of confidence in him. Excellent. Andy, is there anyone from different? Yeah, I, I was st- struggling at the. Charleston says he's gone up a level in, in other areas of his game, but I don't think he's having a, a, a particularly great season. He's he's he's, he's a much better all round player. I'd say I'd say what today this season's brought you know into full scope is and and I think we spoke we, we spoke about this the week fans because around some numbers and neither really keen on our best centre back partnership and, and it's great I know people think they don't suit but around the numbers they can we can see less goals and get more clean shoots centre back it's crazy and don't get me wrong it helps when you play that little you know, low block and you know yeah. what they have to do but what's it, great it about what's great about that is that the two next to them at the moment. Are building up their defensive, you know, experience and 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 will hopefully become the centre back partnership because they've got 
And it's good that we've got two in there at the moment that are doing the job with those two. I think when they get that level of defensive maturity and start reading the game a little bit better, they'll be, you know, you think about those two move into the centre, they, they'd be they'll be a great partnership. And there's obviously Brantwaite out there as well, who's you know, yeah. bad in his time, still only a young lad. So I think I think um, the future's looking good from that point of view. I'd say uh, Tom, oh, go on, go on. I was just going to say quickly, Niels and Kunku from watching him as a, a Marseille mm. to National Forum, France, and he's you know when we've we've seen him, don't be wrong, he wasn't perfect against Newcastle, but whenever we've seen him, he looks certainly future Premier League player. So that that was that's mm. what. Really, really I suppose he is. He's the unexpected one, really, yeah. isn't he? Thomas says if you could strengthen one position in January, what would it be? Personally, I'd love a winger like Bailey, Saar, or Diata. So very quickly, just. What what position, Andy? If we if we could strengthen in January, one position, what would you what would you do? I think if we got a, a top quality right back, I think it would make a big difference. I think mm. I think winger. I think James is still probably. I think a winger is going to be one of you rotating in out the side. I think to start, I think a right back would be the most I think one we could bring in to make the biggest difference. Okay, Steve. That'd be uh, winger. Probably be either a side or maybe. I'll take a point at the pie that they are, maybe. Mm. Out of contract in the summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Ped? Right back. Right back, aren't Right you? back, always. Yeah. Even when we get one, be... I want another one. Yeah. <laughs> Bailey, Bailey for me, Thomas, would be the, the ideal one. Uh, James White says, do you think we have taken a chance? Do you think we have taken our chance this year with everything going on and the season being an odd one? Or is there a lot more we can do? Go and get one more big buy in January and really push for it. Or do we use um, this season like Wolves, use their championship season to get everyone on the same rhythm? Quickly, I'm just going to say, I think I think you stick to the plan. I think if you can get, as we discussed, one of the summer targets, January, maybe, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I don't think you deviate just to chase this one season. I think if you've got, if you're going like that, you don't want to try and go too quickly. I think we need to... You know, you need to be stay on the same trajectory we're on now. But you know, I think we're, we're doing well. We're ahead schedule in a way. Yeah. You know, even if, it still takes six to be off of us now. So let's let's be honest there. But I stay. Definitely ahead of where the four we'd be. Hundred um, percent. I think. I can understand why people are looking at maybe bringing one or two in in January. But like Andy says, it, it probably doesn't make sense unless you can get a player who's gonna, I suppose, fit what Angelotti wants and not. I wouldn't like to see a panic buy or anything like that, really. Okay. Yeah, I, I think um, no. Uh, if there's a player out there that we'll look, we've identified and we're looking to get in yeah. the summer, I'd love to bring them in in January because you know we we were looking, we were talking about yes, we were talking about this yesterday um, about the numbers and Steve uh, uh, and he was saying how a lot of them don't make an impact, but also, but but if they don't make an impact, then there's pr- evidence that it's a good breed, a bedding in ground for the following season. So either way, that works for me because you're at because because I can only see this team going forward. So either they make an impact now or the bedding in for next season when ev- when we hope and with there's been and with this team at the moment is so disjointed that it would be brilliant to get someone in now and bed them in for next season, um, but. Like Andy just said, you can't really deviate from the plan. Because the way I look at it, if we get Europe, I think the some of our squad players become really effective in Europe. I think Tom plays week in and week out then. I think Andre Gomez plays week in and week out and actually plays, if he plays in Europe, I think European football... That's it, yeah. 
suits him a lot better than maybe Premier League. And and if we are trying to find who it, who the real Andre Gomez is, I think you might need that level of of football where you take it back a little bit, but it's also, you know, it's European football. Can't be sniffed at. And I think we've misused European football since the last time we were in it so poorly, the way we used it last time, that I think Carlo Ancelotti would use European football so much better and it would push so more, many of our players on. The likes, you know, the likes of players who are coming through or you know, Anthony Gordon's of the world or whoever, we would our squad would become so much more rounded then. And we could also we could also justify having a couple of more players and spending a bit more money on us on positions that we might feel are we're already strong in. So I'm I just look keep looking at going if we can stay on course and, and double our points tallying you know when we get to 19 games hopefully we'll have 30 plus points and then we can double that again and we get 60 I think we're in Europe and I think that's all we should be aiming for. Definitely. Yeah. Josh Neakin says, does Richarlison have a long-term future at Everton or do we have to sell him for FFP reasons? Will a Champions League keep him at a club and where would he go? I think he has a long-term future if we progress the way he does, but I still yeah. don't think, I still look and think we may end up having to sell him. Well, where to, does he go? To reinvest. Where does yeah, he I was going to say that, where does he go? Football, the, the landscape of football in the last 18 months has, has massively changed. No, it's not. You're not looking at Barcelona and Real Madrid any longer and going, they're going to buy everybody. It, it's not happening. They're you not would have buying. Said, you would have said Barcelona. You would have said Barcelona 18 months ago, wouldn't yeah. you? But not now. Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich don't buy people like Richarlison. And they're the top They're the top team. So, where, I, Andy, where does he go? I, I don't think he's ever suited the way Barcelona play. I think, you know, I think Real, Real Madrid... Maybe I guess I think the ones I've always thought were, and I don't I don't think I'd want to sell them within within the Premier League to be magnated or possibly even like the Man City. But if you if you're at that end of the league anyway, you don't want to be selling to your rivals unless you blow you out the water. Because are we, stop, let's be honest. Are we being a little bit over the top though? From our Barcelona Real Madrid of the world, I think so slightly. I think he's a good player. I think he's still got to. You've got to score 20 goals. So where does he... So, so, so all right. Yeah, I was going to say, the only club I would have said, and I don't know if it would be possible, would be someone like an Atletico Madrid, someone like mm-hmm. that. He's there as well. And Neymar is his pal there. Mm. Sorry, I'll just put this back on. Neymar is his pal there. It's, it's, as, as Ped said, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult one because the landscape's changed so much. I think there's going to be, have to be a lot of movement to players for teams to be able to spend that type of money again. But we'll see it. You know, obviously, a year after. if we can make Europe, I think he'll stay at least another season. Yeah, I think it's about us, really. If we, yeah, if we yeah. get into Europe, and he's got a big part to play. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, he's not contributed what I expect him to in this in this first part of the season. So if he goes back to what I believe he's capable of, Everton are going to be right on knocking on the door for Europe because I think he's that good. He's a match winner, yeah. and yeah. I think if he starts to influence games the way he was, like when Ped and Steve were talking about him before yeah. against Palace last year, if he gets back to that level in the second half of the season, there's no telling where Everton can go because you're then going to have him at the top level, Hammers and Dom. So hey, I was going to say, you look at it as well. He's missed four games this season. We're still in the position we are. Hammers has missed what five games, so mm. if we can get them two fifth for the second half of the season, then we'll yeah, be in business. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Flynn, how happy would you have been this time last year if someone told you we'd only be four points off Liverpool with a game in hand? Be delighted, Matthew, to be honest. Yeah, if uh, someone would have offered us this tw- uh, a year ago, 100%. 
Uh, William Gilligan says that feeling beating Chelsea with big Duncan charts. That was uh, 2019. Stop it. Me. Ped, here's one for you. Uh, Adam Conroy said, how was it for Ped to get back into Goodison even just for one game? And also, how much more special did it feel because of the restrictions? Feels even better now that no one else can go to the game. I'm absolutely delighted by that. Jeff that will be delivered. Like no, it, was, it was amazing. And, and um, yeah, it was amazing. And what, what else can you say? It was just great to get that feeling back. And um, Did it make you appreciate it more? It made me appreciate life. Did it? Uh, yeah, no, did it <laughs> one of the biggest disappointments I haven't mentioned it is I hate basically football without fans. I I am not one of these people who can sit there. I'm not a purist. I don't watch all the games. Uh, I, 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 I love crowd interaction. I love what that brings to a game. Um, and, and to me, football is just garbage with that because the, the rules of the game have become so sanitized that the only thing left that is like organic is the is the game itself is the fans the game mm. now you, you know is ruled by people who are, who are on the var the rules don't allow for like uh good scraps or anything like we used to have mm. it feels very robotic to me but when you're there and when you're watching a match it comes alive because you forget about all that stuff in in your own head, even though it's still there. Yeah. Um, so, and and I can't. I sit. I just sim- simply can't watch games of football without a crowd. It, it, in the same way, they just bore the life out of me. Yeah, so to be it? so to be there and experience it and be 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 one of the first in. Thanks to Bill. Um, <laughs> you know, it it, it, it was Chairman Bill as he's now known. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I he's chairman Bill like he like chairman Mao to me, as far as I'm concerned. He's my supreme yeah, leader. Yeah, let's get on then. Let's move on. Uh, James Shorten says, Who's impressed you the most this year? We said Dom, didn't we? For, uh, for James, it was Mike Michael Keane. Uh, he's been Ancelotti. brilliant. You could see the uh, Dom improving, but Keane's been great. Uh, Ancelotti for you, Andy. Yeah, he's improved. Yeah, well, you, you know, watching him up close, obviously, we only seen him from afar. And- been at big clubs, it's not like you know. Obviously, it's, it's we'll say it's easy. It's not easy to handle that level of player, but you know we've we've seen how quality can be tactically at times. Looks at the high, low, funniest moments. Well, we've done the highs mm. and we've done the lows. Yeah, it's the funniest moments. Uh, Sidibe trying to come on with no sock on. I thought that was unfortunate. Really, very unprofessional. I don't find nothing funny about that. I said, yeah. I said to you lads, I mean, yes, I, I thought the funniest, and I know Ped doesn't like it. I thought you in Newcastle game, but it was just so evident. It was just like I was watching it, and I, when they you guys see it too, all in a sick way, I just started laughing because it was just, it was just. I wasn't laughing. Yeah, I wasn't. I, laughing. I, 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 just, I just thought it was so evident. <laughs> My, my most laugh out loud moments being Everton wise was when John Everton said that it's you know Everton need to start playing off the back. It's 2020, John. Let's let's get with the times here. Come on, later. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Brief, very you quickly. 23 on. Uh, Steve O E F C said. Uh, I mean, my fo- yeah. No, I'm not going to say. Steve O E F C says. Do you think Everton suffer from stage fright when we play away? With when the fans are there, because we've done so well without the fans being there, haven't we? Won five. We'll only, we only, we only know, we'll know when the fans come back, won't we? Yeah, we'll exactly. know that. Yeah. But uh, that makes a difference. I mean, that this was one of the things that was talked about with lockdown. I would get the players who who uh, 
who played with you know the pressure of Goodison and all that. What a load of nonsense. I hate that. Yeah. Anyone who can't do it in in a ground that's hostile and can't do it, they're not they're not proper footballers. The best players have always had to deal with people hating them and saying stuff. And if you can't do it, then you you haven't got the mentality to be a top footballer, as far as I'm concerned. You know, these always talk about going to like Turkey and all these places. Top top players would just roll in, do what they do every other week, and and get out of there, and that would be it. And you know, it's why you look at people like Ronaldo and Messi, and them that what they, yeah. you know, what how their mind frame is. I'm sorry, if a player turns up and can't do it away at Crystal Palace, then you're never going to do anything as a footballer, and. No. You have to stay away from those kind of players because mentality is everything in football. You can knuckle down and get through a tough game where people are trying to kick you, where the pitch is maybe not great, where the fans are on your back, then you're never going to be a top footballer. Yeah. So we'll only know we'll only know afterwards as far as I'm concerned. No, I think you're right. no, you're right. You're absolutely spot on. We're just guessing at the moment, aren't we? We don't mm. know whether the manager's changed it that much or whether it's the fans, but we'll only know then. Uh, ben says, should Hamez play every game if he's fit? Is there room for him when we're in a defensive setup like we were in December? Well, I'll just yes. I'll answer this. I think, yeah, he does. And yes, there is room. Because if you had that four at the back with Hamez playing, then it'd still be mm. solid because no yeah. one's bombing on and exposing. So for me, I don't think it'd be an issue. Swift guilty hands. Get Hamez in as a 10, we'll be fine. Okay. Steve? Can't have too many good players in a team, so doesn't get it. You can't. You, you, you know what? You actually can't have too many good players in a team. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't have too many. I, know, not, I, mean, I, mean our, I mean, for our standard of players, yeah. we've got. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Do just protect the fullbacks. You know, yeah, I think, of you know, I think there will yeah. be Robert Charles looking that reasonably well. I think you know, Hannes could come in and protect the fullback a bit better. It'll be sound. That's that's all I do. Definitely. Josh Oldfield says, do you guys think we can actually make top four this season? And if there was a play you could buy in January, what will happen? Well, we've done the January one, but just very briefly, any chance of us making top four? Steve? There's a chance. I think so. Yeah, definitely. If, if you're going to do it, this is the year to do it. Um, okay. Whenever you hope next year and the year after as well, but okay. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? With the whole, obviously, shutdown of the grounds and stuff, I just think uh, just especially the away games we've won this year as well. We haven't, we've never won this many away games in a long time. So um, I think we can get tough for you. Okay, Andy, can we? It'll be close, but I think there's a possibility. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'll say I'm on the fence. It's tough. It's a tough season. Okay, okay. Ped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we obviously can. It's what I think. I think you know, the is probably more more likely, but we'll see. Uh, Jill. Okay. Hello, Jill. Jill Hello, says, Jill. Uh, was there anything fishy with the Premier League's handling of the outbreak of COVID against uh, amongst the Man City camp? Ped, you're the most outspoken. Anything fishy going on here? I don't, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you want me to say. You're putting me in a legally binding position here, which I don't really want to get myself into. Okay, All right, you got a number of cases that I have to Let's deal with in 2021. Just, uh, Let's just move on. Let's just say we had a good Christmas. Let's move on. Jill Crean also says, uh, what are your New Year's resolutions? Happy New Year to both of you and your families. Here's open 21. 2021 brings happier, healthier times. Have you got any resolutions at the moment, guys? No, the nonsense. 
Okay. Why Andy. why 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 do something next year that you could have done this year? Just to just maintain a positive mental outlook, you know. To evolve to evolve my personality beyond that of human okay. beings. It's become omnipotent. Okay. <laughs> Snake anything? Get nah, mine, I'm, this, one I'm, I'm the same as Ped. I don't do New Year's as these things. I've got one for you. Year. Buy a new laptop with a microphone. I need a new laptop. You do, and a light. Okay. No, I was, I was going to get up and put the light on, but right. oh my god! But that would have just been too much. It's Christmas, you know, lads. Too much effort. And I'm on the bills around. I was wearing on Christmas Eve. I'm walking around in shorts because my sense of eating's on. Uh, came <laughs> for shorts. Yeah, She's gone on a washing strike. <laughs> Kane. The dishes <laughs> are piling up over oh, the bleeding god. roof. Listen, let's wrap this up. Kane. Kane. Kane's oh. best moment was Hamez sign, and he's absolutely buzzing with it. His worst he moment. Was... Him I know, I know. <laughs> His worst with getting knocked out. In the both, super spreader. Cups. He wants a trophy ASAP. I was say, Kane's, the re- Kane's the reason we're out the cup. He won the game the other night. Marley Hope says, "What's the furthest we can go with with uh, Carlo Crosby? Because that's where he likes to stay. Family more doch." Steak, how far can we go under Carlo? In the league in four years. Okay. You've got to think positive, man. You've got to throw it out there. You're not going to throw it out there. Well, four years later. She gets through all these dishes. Four years later, Sunday until I die. Never, please, God, never. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Uh, I think we can go quite far, Marley. I think we'll need a little bit of luck mm. and a good change of wind, but we'll be all right. Um, <laughs> good stiff breeze. Yeah, we'll be all right. Big hell. Oh. But you listen. If you can't finish, oh, on this, what's the point? Are you ready? Steve's Come just on. got up after an hour and put the lights on. <laughs> and now he looks great. Look, he's getting tired. Sadly, Quiet. the light does not affect him sounding like he's in Finding Nemo. No, right. Here's Dick. Just, Ped, if you can play the under music at the back. What, you uh, want to play the music out of the Sad Hulk music? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Dick L says, why do we love Everton? They ruined another birthday for me, and I was on a promise with the wife, which didn't happen because I was fed up after the loss. Maybe I'm 44 now. I was 19 last time I saw Everton win something. Every time you get a glimmer of something good, it disappears quickly. Finishing fourth, getting into the Champions League, getting knocked out of the first hurdle. I read somewhere that no team has lost as many Premier League games as Everton. Other teams teams have been relegated and then won games in the Championship, whereas Everton simply stay in the Premier League and have lost more games than any other team. They continually ruin weekends, ruin birthdays, ruin Christmas, ruin family birthdays. Why are you even reading this out? Because you've got it, and I'm not careful. Don't let everyone go by. And if I'm not careful, they'll ruin my marriage. And yet, I can't stop loving them. Oh, for God's sake, lads, just shut up. I feel like an abused spouse who won't walk out of a bad relationship because I can still remember the good times. Is this a cry for help? Yeah, wouldn't why do we love Everton? Would we all be happier if Everton just folded and we got on with our lives? I say the same as Everton. And Jill, Jill's answered them. Jill's answered this. That's 
Not sure if it's the Catholic schoolgirl in me. Don't say that's a dick, for God's sake. Yeah. But I think the court evidence is basically a form of self-flagellation. It usually brings us exquisite pain physically, emotionally, spiritually, but our lives will be... Attendance of the Da Vinci Code? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Exquisite oh, pain? This, all I can say... Happy New Year, Dick. Happy New Year. No evidence tonight. <laughs> Try and get a promise off your missus. Enjoy your night, and we're all winners. Jill, stay safe. Jill, yeah. stay safe. <laughs> That's it. I thought we listen. I thought we had to finish with the with the the dick story. Because he, he oh well, we probably down on level. I have to say, you know, he's, uh, one, of my, he's one of the favourite. He's uh, a nice It started with dick and ended up with Jill whipping herself. <laughs> I mean, there you go. One of the great true Christmas films. Am I going, uh, am I going up over and bottle of JD now? See how he talks. It's a wonderful tick out. <laughs> oh, hang on. Yeah, Benjamin, we've already done that. I've improved the most. Um, Gareth Hughes, just on a lighter note. Player of the year, 2021 predictions. Right now, he's going to be Everton's best player for this year. Dom. He's gone with, Gareth's gone Dom. with Alan. No, Dom. 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 The Duke on average. Yeah. Just to play the most. <laughs> I'm going with the Duke as well. Um, no, Ben Godfrey. Forget it. Ben Godfrey. Brian Garside says, you caught me while cooking dinner. The appointment to Carlo. Last year, I know, but the signing of Hammers on a free had me jumping through the roofs. Meet Nanders Limpart at the Swedish Toffees trip. Very good, Brian. The final one. One of my favourite moments was Baz's reaction to conceding to Liverpool on Pez. Comedy gold. One of my What you say, Baz against uh, Leicester when he done the Richarlison? No, sure. That was the best ever. One of my best, my best moments. Baz, every time Arteta comes on the telly, if I have Baz cam. (laughs) Best moment of the year has got to be the Pivs boy band picture that comes oh, up yeah. when his camera goes off. (laughs) It's It's incredible. incredible. It's absolutely incredible. He's actually on his cap there. It says icon. (laughs) Piv when he was in the Backstreet Boys. It was. Backstreet's back, all right. No, what it was the Pivs tribute band. I can't get a The Backstreet XG. Look, <laughs> the back end boys. Run oh, XG, come was. on. Run <laughs> XG. I've got to be on another thing in a second. All right, that's that enough like... from us. This has been our end yeah. of year roundup or for stay 2019 2020 <laughs> amalgamated into one big brain thing. Mm. Here you go. So we're listening. Long year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone Happy out there. Happy New Year, lads. And um, listen, all I would say, it's a new year. It's time for a, a renewal of your yearly subscription to Patreon. Make sure you smash that yearly subscription. Forget your months. Forget your months. You're not satisfying yourself or your Mrs. Dick. Get yourself a yearly subscription and then you don't have to worry about anything then. Literally anything. The jab in your arm or anything. Whether you can get a slot with Sainsbury's, do not worry about it. Get yourself a yearly subscription and, uh, you know, take 2021 as as you you want it. There you go. Thanks for watching. Big thanks to Steve. Big thanks to Andy. Big thanks to Baz for not getting angry for a whole hour. Even WhatsApp. See you later.